BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. What is up? By the way, shout out Cody Merrow, our director on that rap. For those of you who haven't been with us since episode one, that's Cody Merrow. Hit play and repeat. Ah! Anyway, it is episode 108. Remember the show. Those of you who join us live, we appreciate that you remember the show tonight. We are brought to you by the Anakin Florian Podcast. My name is Jason Anik, joined as always by the esteemed welterweight, number one welterweight contender, Bilal Muhammad, boots on the ground in Salt Lake City. As I said in the pre-show, looking lean as ever. This dude could probably fight in two days. What is up, brother? How are you? How is Salt Lake City? What's up, brother? Man, it's, it's been fun. We've been here two days so far. We've been doing a lot of stuff with the UFC. Yesterday, we went to a, a soccer game. It was dope. You know, we did like the whole tailgate thing. We walked out with the tailgaters. And, bro, they had like fireworks and everything. That was sick. Uh, that was my first soccer game ever going to. We ended up losing the whole team, home team loss, but it was like a sick experience. And then today, we went to the Olympic Training Center out here working with like the skiers we did uh like trampoline uh stuff flips into like foam pits and then we did some parkour stuff out there and then 
they had like a little skate park too. Dan Ige is a beast with the skateboard. Mm, and, not uh, surprised. He's also a beast with like flipping, bro. He was doing like triple flips off the the trampoline. I'm like, bro, all right, I didn't know you had that athleticism in you, dude. I love it. We were gonna get we we're gonna get to Ige later, but so, dude, so you're you're traveling with the UFC Road Show, so. Anyone catching the weigh-in show, they'll catch my boy on the weigh-in show tomorrow morning, correct? Yeah, yeah, we'll be at the weigh-in show tomorrow morning. Definitely me, DC, Dan Helly, Dean Thomas. So those are always fun, man. Uh, like just the stuff that they have built up already that we're going to be talking about tomorrow is going to be cool. It's going to be a nice debate. And then, you know, I've seen DC here. You know he's always going to mess around. So I, can't, I love always. the weigh-in show because they're, the, they're like the funnest shows. And it reminds me of Remember the Show. We're just kind of hanging out. So what are you taking Laura yeah. Sanko's spot tomorrow? Yeah, yeah, I think I'm going to be taking Laura Senko's spot tomorrow. Hopefully, it becomes a permanent thing. Shout out to Laura Senko. She's a commentator now, so she doesn't need to do the, the weigh-in shows. Yeah, that's exactly that spot. <laughs> keep, Muhammad will keep that warm for you until that welterweight belt is ready for him to compete for it. Anyway, <clears throat> I'm busy taking a real estate course all week, so I didn't catch Michael Chiesa's comments, but I wish I had because it sounds like he – uh, some people don't really get what's going on in the welterweight division. It sounds like he certainly does. So, and Cody, you might have to jump in here because Bilal might not want to toot his own horn. But so Kiesa basically said Muhammad is is the welterweight champion that is going to be next. Tell me a little bit about his comments and how they made you feel. It was cool. And honestly, you know, because I said to get the respect from your peers, somebody that's been there, somebody that's in the same division. And it's like he's a real dude, right? Because they asked them, who do you think what do you think of the Kobe against Leon fight. Who do you think is going to win? What's your prediction? And he said, I don't even want to give it a prediction because it should be Bilal Muhammad in there. He's the only one that's beating ranked guys. He just beat Gilbert Burns on three weeks notice. And um, he's the one who deserved it. I'm the one who earned it. So it's cool to see somebody in my division and somebody that's ranked and somebody I respect to, to show me that respect and to not play that game of answering that stupid question. Uh, but shout out to Kiesa. And he's also said, bro, so my prediction for Leon and Bilal is Bilal bringing the title back to Chicago. Dude. So, oh, yeah. That's like that symphony. Was, that's great, right? Because that hypes you up, hypes you up. Because even every everybody I've seen over here is like, oh, when are you going to – what's next? Ah, oh, man, you, you're waiting for the title, right? Like seeing that from all these guys is always cool because like I said, I don't need to toot my own horn. But when you have other fighters and other coaches and other teams like respecting the work that you put in, uh, that's always amazing. What's up, well, and I just just want to jump in with the the humility. You know, you can see that as a Bilal, you know, as an analyst, you could take your fighter hat off and put on your analyst hat. And so when he's sitting there, he didn't inject himself into the combo. He didn't go, oh, well, when I go out there and beat Holland, like it should be me. Like he was just honest. He, he, was, he was able to put that analyst hat, hat on, which I think is a skill amongst a lot of fighters that, you know, is rare. Yeah, and that's the cool thing. It's like he's fighting this weekend. He didn't have to give me that shout out. Uh, he didn't have to give me any shine at all, but the fact that he did is cool because he could have just like brushed, oh, well, I think this guy's going to win or that guy's going to win and then moved on from the question, but it was cool that he gave me that type of spotlight. When he didn't like see you or anything, right? That wasn't like a, oh, he No, yeah, yeah, I haven't seen him at all, no. Yeah, exactly. And, and, I didn't pay him or anything, guys. Well, and also, too, <laughs> this, is most, this is most certainly not the first time Kiesa has commented about this. this he's, yeah, he's mentioned yeah. this more than once. No, of course, yeah. And he's also one of the guys, too, that's been calling out Kobe forever. And it's like, they never gave him that fight. They never gave me that fight. And all the, like, it's kind of like a protecting thing for Kobe, which doesn't really make any sense. Uh, so, like, you see the games that's happening, stuff that's happening. And like I said, it's like, getting the respect from other fighters, that means more to me than, like, any Twitter trolls or anything like that. 
100%. And one of your brothers designed a great t-shirt back in the day as you were climbing up the rankings, you know, over all these times. And if I recall, Kiesa might have been above you at that time. You know what I mean? As Muhammad. Yeah. Just, well, it's funny, man. Yeah, it was things- a long road. We're here now, right? It's like we're, exactly. we're at the top now. So when you're walking around Salt Lake, like this week you're there primarily for the weigh-in show. Next week you're there yeah. with Nacho, right? Yeah. So it's got to feel good. You know, I know you've been at the Fighter Hotel for different reasons at different times. When you're next week, your focus is going to be Nacho. Do you know what I mean? But yeah. it must be kind of nice just to be fudging, hanging out for you right now a little bit. It's been a crazy 12 months for you, you know? Yeah, yeah, it's cool. It's like one of those things to be able to do these little things that UFC's taking us to, right? The soccer game and the Olympic Training Center is like just chilling, right? And now there's not yeah. that, that stress of like, all my boys fighting or that guy's fighting. Like I know somebody on the card, uh, uh, Darius flowers. He's a uh, Lewis, Lewis, Lewis here in his corner. Uh, you know, he trains with our team in, in uh, Chicago too. This is going to be his debut. He took the fight. on nice. notice. So yeah. So it's, it's cool to have somebody. I, there's still that, that feeling here, but I'm not going to be in this corner. I'm going to be in the crowd chilling, just watching a fight. So yeah, there's no pressure for me this week. It's just chilling, relaxing and then having it. fun. So this may be a dumb question. Is this only the second UFC fighter Lewis Taylor has cornered, or are there others that I'm... No, this is the only second fighter Lewis Taylor has cornered. Yeah, that's why I told him, like, man, it's going to be weird for you, huh? He's like, yeah, I know, it is kind of weird. I already feel the weirdness in it. Uh, You know, just, like, stuff that's fight week, different things, too. Uh, And even, like, Darius is funny, too, because, you know, he was supposed to... uh, He's cutting out to 155, and then they call him for this fight short in order to say 170, so, like, He's eating pancakes, French toast, <laughs> and he's like on weight already. So I'm like, that's weird. Right. And so it's cool just to see that because like you don't have to deal with the fighter that's angry or hangry or anything like that. So for Louis, he's still just like chilling. Well, speaking of weights, let's move to the big boys, you know, and I know we talked about John Jones, Stipe Miocic last week prior to Tom Aspinall's performance, which I think you and I and Cody all saw coming, you know. I made some comments to Cody real quick earlier, and I don't even know if I want, but just about, for me, I hate, Cody's going to disagree, I'm just going to say it. Tom Aspinall, Sergey Pavlovich, to me, are the two most dangerous heavyweights right now, including John Jones. No disrespect to the GOAT, but to me, it's like, man, John Jones, I didn't get to see much against Cyril Gaon. I don't know what he's doing right now, but it's like, you know how I feel about the 43, 44-year-old Stipe. I feel like both those dudes are going to retire, and I feel like we have two just... On fire heavyweights. Bully, I'm crazy a little bit. Talk to me. I mean, you know, the thing is with John, it's like people could say, oh, man, we didn't see much from him in that game fight, but like, he just dominated a guy that went five rounds with Francis, right? He went a guy that's one of the toughest tests in the division. And before that fight, people were like, gain his footwork is this. It's going to be a problem for Jones. And he just dominated them. These other guys, we really haven't seen them against a grappler like John Jones, a champion like John Jones. Who's been dominant? We've never seen John Jones lose. That is qualification on the cops. Like, there's nothing, there hasn't been a weakness where we've seen where, like, oh, Aspidal could take advantage of this or Pavlovich could take advantage of this. They're both monsters, right? They're both good. They're both like the next generation of heavyweight with speed and power. And, you know, Aspinall has great wrestling and Pavlovich does have uh, great wrestling too, even though he doesn't need to use it. But, like, you still can't put them ahead of Jones because nobody's showing you a weakness in Jones, right? Nobody's showing you, oh, man, we could exploit this. And even at heavyweight now, he looked great that last fight, even though it was a couple minutes. But, like, I didn't see nothing where, man, he looked a a step slower or that slower. And still, John Jones takes anybody down and gets on top of them, any heavyweight in the world. 
he's I don't think he's gonna let them up. And I don't think and, any heavyweight in the world is gonna have the jiu-jitsu he has. Even though Aspinall does have great jiu-jitsu and he's a black belt, but like he's not doing it to the same uh level of guy as John Jones. All your points are well taken. I guess for me, I just I'm real hungry for Jones to face. I I've been saying for a long time these heavyweights like I really like how this division is rounding out. So I guess I'm a little frustrated because I don't think I'm gonna ever see John Jones, Tom Aspinall, or Pavlovich. You know what I mean? I mean, I think we may see Aspinall honestly. Like I think that he's a guy that John Jones would wait for, or you know, give him that chance, right? Give him the opportunity because. Pavlovich is one of those where there's not really going to be a buildup. Yeah, you know, the the highlights of him knocking everybody True. out in one round, the, the quick one, but it's like John Jones wants that, you know, I think he likes that buildup with a guy that, you know, will talk back to you or say something to you or something like that, go back and forth with you a little bit. Aspinall has been very, like, respectful and things like that, but I think he does have that side in him. You know, he'll, he will talk back to you a little bit here. Like, he speaks English. So, and people just, like, like him, right? He's this very likable guy. So I think people would want to watch that. And I think John would be the type to be like, go out there and like show you guys like, watch, Oh, this, this new young kid's going to be the one that's going to be me. Watch this. Like I could see him giving Aspen all the chance before Pavlovich, but like the next fight, I think that has to be made is Pavlovich and Aspen. Like the winner of that one, there's nothing else. Right. So I think if one of the, if they end up fighting each other, then I could for sure see John. All right. If Aspen all wins, I'll give him that shot. But if Pavlovich goes out there and, Puts him to sleep with one punch again. It's like, all right, maybe I will look at retirement, right? I hear you, and I hope you're right. And Cody, you may want to jump in, but I just feel John Jones goes out of his way to call Stipe Miacic the greatest of all time, heavyweight of all time. And I just, it's so hard for me to envision Jones competing after I feel like I beat the greatest heavyweight of all time. I got nothing else to do. And I believe John Jones, if you asked him, he would, you think he thinks Stipe is more dangerous than Aspinall right now? No, he doesn't, but like, we were just talking about this. Uh, we we're going to be talking about this on a weigh-in show where they're like, who is like the best five trash talkers in the UFC now? And I think John, I put John Jones on a list because when he does talk trash, he's very good at it. And he knows what, what picks at people. <laughs> and, you know, people around the world, you know, if you put the, who's your top five heavyweights of all time, Stipe is going to be on a lot of people's list. Mm-hmm. So he goes out there and just dominates and finishes them. Then John Jones is going to be on that list. And he's already the number one light heavyweight of all time. And, you know, what the best fighter of all time. So you go out there and you beat the guy that a lot of people have as number one heavyweight of all time. You finish him and people are not going to care in the, in the long run of, oh, well, Stipe was 43 years old. They're going to look Good at point. the record books and going to see that, oh, John Jones finished Stipe Miocic. Yep. Cody, anything on this before we move on? A couple fight announcements. Uh, well, I was just going to say, of course, you know, you got to put John on the list because DC is going to be sitting next to you. So you'd be like, you know, I, I love some of those moments where John was trash talking some guy I can't think of, you know, like some of those <laughs> moments are great. The, the press conference where Dave Schaller gets thrown into the crowd because they're fighting and they hit down the backdrop of the MGM. It's like, yeah, it's it's the most legendary rivalry in all of sports, in my opinion. But, yeah. You know, I. I just I patently disagree with Jay because I think John runs through all three Stipe, Aspinall, and uh, Pavlovich. You know, I I just think he's that good. You know, and I don't think that's any denigration on those three athletes. But John is just he's that good. He can beat you anywhere. For a while, he was literally going out and doing what you do best on purpose just to prove something. So I I just think I would be interested timeline wise. So Aspinall just fought, right? Um, Pavlovich, to my knowledge, doesn't have anything booked. I don't believe uh, gone is fighting Spivak and MSG is in what 
two months, three months. So, you know, timeline wise, I could see them maybe doing like an interim. Maybe John gives them permission to say, Hey, like, I don't know what I'm doing. And then the UFC is like, Oh, well, if John doesn't know what he's doing, like we're going to move on. And they do the interim in February or went in March and they do it in London. And then John goes, Oh, well actually I, daddy's coming back. Daddy's home. So I could see that potentially being that kind of fits the John MO, doesn't it? So, um, but yeah, I mean, John Jones is a go. I don't think anybody can uh, argue that. And I can't believe, uh, so many people out there being like, Oh, GSP is the BMF. I think John Jones is is the BMF, right? Like, I mean, has he not? Has anybody done more outside of the cage to prove that they're a BMF than John Jones? I don't think anybody. Maybe um, who's that guy on the Showtime doc? Have you guys seen that Showtime documentary of the guy who robbed the the Bank of England? Oh, uh, Lee Murray. <laughs> Lee Murray. Yeah, that's a great documentary. If you haven't seen it, go Catching Lightning is what it's called. But highly that recommend it. Bad Cody Merrill. So we're talking Dan Ige, bro, this fight, talk about styles, make fights. Dan Ige, Bryce Mitchell, give me all of that. Um, that is what, September 23rd, I believe. Uh, main event will be Fazeev Gamrot. Dude, can't get enough of that. And then also our boy Sadiq Youssef versus Edson Barbosa was announced today. Bully, couple fire matchups. Bro, it was funny. I was literally at the soccer game sitting next to Dan, and he got like the the, the email from Sean because he's like manages himself. And he's like, what do you think about That's this? Right. He's like, let's go. And it was like that, like it was that easy. Dan is like, let's go. It was cool to see because they just offered him that. And he's like, all right, come on, let's go. It was exciting. Uh, I was right. asking him, like, what, what are the fights he was looking at, or is that the fight you wanted? And he was saying, he, you know, he was looking at Caceres at first because, uh, you know, he's on a big streak right now. But then he said, Bryce Mitchell is ranked above him. So I've been wanting that fight for a while. So I think that one's a good matchup for me. I can start training when I, right when I get back home. So yeah, it's a great matchup for him. I like it a lot. And like I said, I'm looking back at the guys that Ige has fought. He's fun. All the best guys in the division. So uh, I think his level of competition is higher than uh, Bryce Mitchell. So he goes out there, finishes a guy like Bryce Mitchell. He's back into the title talks. And I think a good opportunity to him for to defend takedowns, try and keep this on the feet. You know what I mean? Try and finish a fight, earn that nickname. Um, I like the matchup for him too. Um, Yusef Barboza, good matchup too, huh? Man, that striking is going to be great right there. I'm excited for that one. Both of those guys, they always bring it. You know, they're going to bang it out. The, the kicks from Barbosa. Barbosa still looked great his last fight. So I think uh, both these guys are going to come out. It's going to be a fun fight for sure. I love it. Yeah, UFC fighters, um, MMA fighters are not running backs. The prime uh, NFL running backs. A lot, of no, yeah. a lot of the news about NFL running backs, you know, not getting their dollars. Well, I mean, unfortunately, the prime sort of sort of is different. UFC fighters prime could be 8, 10 years after running backs prime. Um Anyway, this card is going to be fire. Cody, let's get to Bully's Bix. Yeah, it's like enough of all that other stuff. Let's talk about what you're in Salt Lake City for. Um, I, I I assume the UFC is taking care of Bilal Muhammad uh, with a nice seat to the event, and I hope that we'll get some nice camera on the number one welterweight contender. Please, if anyone's listening, <laughs> man, bro, so, I'm so I, I was literally just talking to Lou about the the fight because you know I get two tickets to the fight. So I told Lou, Lou like, bro, you better save that ticket for me right when I'm done with this corner and this guy. I'm hopping in right next to you. I was like. I got you. I got you. Of for course. Sure. How funny yeah. that you and Lou going <laughs> to the same place, not together. That's probably never happened. Yeah. Um, it's hilarious. Yeah. I was sitting there like thinking about it. And then, you know, now we're just like hanging out, but it's like, we're both here at the same place and he's like cornering somebody else. And I'm like, are you cheating on me right now? Like, <laughs> yeah. You want to stay in my room, Lou? 
I got room. Bro, yeah. I think, hey, stay, he's actually staying in my room. Yeah. Stop <laughs> yeah. I love it. Shout out, LT. Well, something right. tells me that Bilal's shirt tomorrow is, or on Saturday is going to be uh, camera worthy. I don't know, just a little <laughs> inclination, just a little inkling. And something interesting that I saw that was revealed this week is that Salt Lake City has actually gotten an agreement and they have a, a contract with the UFC to bring the events there where there is a, a seat sellout, you know, guarantee. So, of course, you know, Leon Edwards, Kamar Usman wasn't going to sell out a building without that. So, you know, it shows why Leon Edwards wanted to fight in Utah. That's all. That's why he hasn't fought. You know, if you're going to be selling tickets out at the, you know, the Dansbury, Danbury Rec Center in Connecticut, like by all means. <laughs> All right, just this that. fight card is fire. There are plenty of fights that, frankly, I mean, even Kiesa Holland, we didn't even touch on. We talked about Michael Kiesa fighting this weekend, but we're going to start because I'm curious your opinion, Tony Ferguson, Bobby Green. Every time I think about Bobby Green right now, I'm still thinking about our boy Flash Gordon and the headbutt. And now he, you know, you know, wouldn't mind seeing Flash Gordon in this spot. Anyway, Green is a huge favorite. Ferguson, I think Tony saw, I think Cody saw Tony at plus 310, Ferg- uh, Bobby Green minus 400. So, Tony's lost five straight, all killers. I talked about Bobby Green's last time out. I guess kill all these killers really in their prime, except for Diaz last time out. That was last September. Ferguson, a huge favorite. I mean, excuse me, a huge dog here. Bully, you think he has a shot? Are you looking forward to this matchup? Honestly, I'm really, like, I get excited for Bobby Green fights, even though I'm still mad about the thing. But I get excited for his fights more than, you know, the more recent Tony Ferguson, right? He's just, his skills have been dwindling. It's... He's only been getting worse every single fight, but and there's always an excuse after every single fight, <laughs> and that's I think that's what his real issue is. Not going back to the the room and being honest with yourself and telling yourself like, all right, I need to adjust the way I fight because I'm not the uh, the prime Tony Ferguson. I'm not this. I'm not that. It's always well, I was drinking slushies now, and now I changed <laughs> this up, or now I'm chasing bears and I'm doing this with bears now, and it's like I'm gonna be a whole different fighter now. It's like what like what is this guy talking about? I think Bobby Green is still that guy whose his hands are really good. His hands are really fast. He comes with the awkward boxing style, and he got fast hands. And he he's been looking better uh, before the Jared uh, uh, Gordon fight. So I think I'm gonna Bobby Green's gonna walk out there, and I think he's just gonna piece him up. I think Tony's just been getting slower and slower every single fight. And that Nate Diaz fight, he looked awful. Honestly, he looked very old. And I think that it's gonna be another bad night for Tony. You agree, Cody? I don't agree, but as always, you know, when I don't agree with Bilal and he lays out his analysis, it's hard for me to get out here and rebound off the trampoline. But you yeah, know, hey, wait, let me interrupt you. I'm sorry, too. Bully, you hit your first eight bicks last nine. week. And was, I was like and, nine, and then Davy Grant. And then David Grant would have been like, ten. Yeah, I was like, bro, Davy Grant, come on. And a lot of people think he won that fight, other than maybe like the blood on his face. Um, yeah, that's why I thought he won that fight. I was like, for sure he's going to get it. And then when you look at the stats, I thought he won it. I was like, man, they robbed me. Sorry, Cody. I just, you were talking about going against oh, Bully. Okay. Dude is, go ahead. I'm just trying to resist making a jujitsu joke about people in England uh, based on the, the co-main event. Uh, but, you know, I just, uh, maybe part of it is just the yearning within me to see Tony get his hand raised again. You know, he hasn't fought anybody, you know, no denigration on Bobby green. This is more a, a prop up of all the fighters that Tony's fought. He hasn't fought somebody that's at the little level of Bobby green since fighting Kevin Lee in 2017. So ever since then, it's been killer, 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 killer. You know, even guys like Tony Pettis, you know, were at their prime at their peak when they fought. 
And I just can't really see a world where, like I said, you know, maybe I'm just a little bit biased. I want to see Tony get a win, you know, and you know, he's a silly guy. He says a lot of crazy things sometimes, but you know, I, I just gotta feel like he's got one more in him. Like he's got one more win in him 15 minutes against Bobby green, you know, a guy who doesn't really put out anybody unless he's headbutting him on purpose and then lying about it. So I, I got to think that Tony gets the win here. I, I love the plus 310 number. I don't think you can lay minus 380 on Bobby Green in the first place. So I'm getting, I'm going El Kukui, baby. Tony Ferguson, crazy Tony's back. I think he's got one last ride. I like it. Co-main event. Not, I don't know. I, I like it. I like the breakdown. I don't like the pick. Anyway, um, <laughs> light heavyweight division. And isn't this interesting with our boy, Maul Hill, on the shelf waiting to get his belt back? But uh Jan Bohovic, Alex Pereira, number three versus number two. And Cody, we're going to just let you start here because, frankly, I think you have – I think Cody's going to go to the window or should go to the window with a significant wager because he has strong conviction on this fight. I'm excited for this one. Cody, start us out. Yeah, every time I think about this fight, I only really see it going one way, and that's Bohovic going to sleep. And just so many reasons playing into that. I just think – uh, Alex has done his learning inside of the octagon at the highest level. You know, his MMA career is not that long. So, you know, he's had to do learning at a very high level because of the history with Izzy. He was propped into a title fight probably a little bit early. You know, he fought Sean Strickland, not the most defensively sound middleweight or fighter out there, or, you know, maybe mentally sound, but Alex, I just think at 205, his chin is going to translate. I think he's got a great chin, contrary to what some people say, you know, after the knockdown in the first fight and the knockout in the second fight. Izzy is just very precise. If you go back and watch the Jan-Izzy fight, there was no world where Jan was putting Izzy on his back foot until he had him tired, until he was taking him down. I just don't see Alex making the same mistakes. I think Alex is going to go out there. He knows that his path to victory is not a 15-minute decision. It's a first-round, second-round KO. I think Alex is going to cage, cage cut him. I think he's going to have a better understanding of distance and space. And I think the power is going to translate tremendously. So Jan's getting up there in age. He is a man. He is 40. Give me Alex Pereira. I think he's going to get the knockout. I'm probably going to take it to the window for a under one and a half, but I would also bet an Alex Pereira first round KO. So Alex Pereira by finish. I think I saw a little surprise in Bully's face at your conviction, Cody. So Bully, talk to me. You see it the same way? I mean, it's still, like I thought – for sure, if it was going to be like a guarantee, I thought he was going to pick Jan just because I feel like if it does hit the ground, Jan is going to be way better. It's going to be levels to it, right? But every fight starts on the feet, and I think even Jan after that last fight with the, the low kicks on Ekelayev, I think Ekelayev was one of the most dangerous guys at 205 and the hardest guys to deal with, and Jan looked pretty good there, even though for his age. And going back to the Izzy fight when he fought Pereira, I think that he was trying to do a lot of low kicks, right? And I think that him thinking about that, that tells me there's like a game plan or something or a weakness he sees in Pereira or maybe that's going to stop Pereira's power from, uh, you know, exploding onto him. So come with the low kicks and Jan's low kick was crazy. I don't know. I've never seen anybody go shit to shin for freaking five <laughs> rounds. Like Ankaliah, but not like themselves. It was like Dude, crazy. I still love that fight more than everybody. Go ahead. Yeah, I was like, bro, that's just like a crazy fight to think about. Uh, and it just tells you how thick his bones are. So I think for him, it's obviously you know what you got to do. If I think if Izzy was able to take Pereira down and control him on the ground the way he did, I think if Jan does it and he gets on top, I think that he could tap him out. He says he's a black belt, right? He, I mean, a lot of everybody says, says they're black belts, but I do think Jan does have pretty good ground game. And I think the way he controlled Izzy 
it could be different this time because Izzy weighed in at 195 when they fought. Pereira is probably walking around at 220 right now and still having to cut weight to make 205. So he's going to be a bigger guy. But I just, I don't know. I just think that, I just, I don't know. I just think that Jan, if it gets to the ground, it's going to be easy night for Jan. But I'm going to go with Pereira. I think I'm going to pick Pereira. <laughs> I'm, I'm talking myself into it because I'm sitting there like, man, I saw Pereira in the, the hallway and he looked huge. And I was like, bro. And, you know, he keeps his hands so low. And it's going to be hard to shoot on a guy with your hands low. And he's training with Glover, who's with them full time now. And now that I think about it, it's like people could say that, oh, Izzy took him down. But it wasn't like you didn't expect Izzy to go in there and take you down, right? You're thinking Izzy's going to straight up kickbox with you. And it was just like a weird takedown where he took him down. I think if he had a full game plan of, all right, Jan's probably going to try to take me down. So his full game plan is defending takedowns. I could see him coming in with a better takedown defense because we, he hasn't really fought any fighters that are going to shoot on him nonstop, right? So we really don't know how bad his takedown defense is or how good it really is. But I think we'll figure it out this fight with Jan. And I think that Jan's really not even, even the way he took Izzy's down, a lot of it was getting the, the body lock and just like bear hugging him to the ground. But I think Pereira's going to be a lot stronger than that. And I think Pereira's size and his weight is going to play a factor and i think that i'm going to prayer here with the power you definitely i didn't think you were going that route. way and he comes up to you and he's like i, I watch your show you you pick against me and you're like no 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 i was just for the show it was just for the show i swear <laughs> no, but, I, I, was, I, I was i kept going back and forth with who i thought would win that fight and then i was just sitting there trying to like think about it and overanalyze it and i was like People could say, oh, man, his gra- his grappling is that bad. But, like, when you think about the takedown that Izzy caught on him, it wasn't, like, it wasn't nothing special, right? It just, like, happened in the moment. So, I think if he comes out there, he's big. And I don't think Jan is that great of a takedown artist either. And you have to set up the takedown. It's going to be hard to set up a takedown against a guy like Pereira where his hands are low, he has great knees up the middle, and you, you don't know what he's going to come with. Right. Well, the uppercuts, I mean, his uppercuts are some of the best weapons in all of MMA. Like, I, yeah, I, I just think his kickboxing is so high level that Jan is not going to be able. It's the same level as Izzy, but he's carrying the extra 15 pounds up. So, yeah, you know, exactly. I, I, I think it's going to be a, it's a great fight. I love Jan. I don't want to see either guy lose, but I think it's a great fight. Well, and I, I Cody, you, you can be sure Bilal sort of walked you a little back off the diving board a little bit. Yeah, you lessened, lessened your wager a little bit. But yeah. speaking of not wanting either guy to lose, that is exactly what I was going to say about the main event. Man, like I do not want to see either one of these dudes lose. I know they fought before, but we're moving on. Dustin Poirier, Justin Gaethje. So this line has sort of started to cre- creep up. I feel like I saw Poirier maybe minus 130 and sort of crept up a little bit. So they did face more than five years ago. April 14th, 2018, four-round TKO, Dustin Poirier. Uh, John interviewed Poirier back at American Top Team a few weeks back. Um, it was on a Saturday night, and during camp, uh, Poirier fasts on Saturday. Um, you know, so he was just, uh, you know, he was he was in a good mood, but you could, you could tell there was not a lot of energy, but he looked phenomenal then. I just love that dude. I love Gaethje. I don't want to see either. It, I thought a little bit about Aljo Marab. Not not that these dudes are close, but I could see these dudes being the best of friends. I'm glad I don't have to pick it. I hope it's fight of the night. Bully, start us out. Main event. You probably don't want to pick it either. Bro, honestly, like, they're both my favorite fighters to watch, right? And Poirier is like my favorite fighter in general uh, from the start, man. I always love watching him and his style and everything that he brings and just like his buildup. But man, rewatching that first fight, how good it was. Like I, 
this fight's 100% going to be the same thing. There's no way it's not going to be fight of the night. And I think both these guys are going to bring it. But it's going to be who grew more since that last fight, right? I think Poirier, he grew. But it's like I think you're, you're going to see bigger changes from Justin. That When Justin came in, that was I think it was the like second or third fight in the UFC. And he, he still had that mindset of just seeing red and staying in front of you and not caring about defense, uh, going all offense. And uh, you, I'll take one to, to give one. And he was that tough, right? I think this new uh, Justin is different. He's more calculated now. You see him moving, using his footwork a, a lot more. You're seeing him use his uh, jab a lot more. You're seeing him try to take down his last fight against Fiziev <laughs> and actually getting it. I don't think he'll really shoot against uh, Poirier. People keep saying, oh, will he use his wrestling? Will he use his wrestling? But I don't think he will. I don't think he needs to. I think both these guys, I, if anything, I could see Dustin shooting on Justin because Dustin does got – good jiu-jitsu he does got a good top game and you going back and you're seeing justin against a guy like Oliveira, and you, he didn't really have great jiu-jitsu off of that so dustin is very smart with the way he game plans and i think his iq is high level so i could see him going for a takedown or sneaking one in there and going back to the first fight i seen it he threw a couple in there because that low kick was killing him so much mm. and dustin wasn't checking that low kick at all the first fight he was just coming with a counter right away because I think Justin, you can't see his kicks. It has to be something like that, right? Because you know he's going to come with a kick, but nobody really can check it whenever they're in there with him. So I'm assuming that it's like hard to read or it's hard to think about. So I think that's why Dustin, that first fight, just came with the counter right off a of quick, and that's how he finished them. Uh, I think this fight, it's not going to be as high as pace as it was earlier that fight because they both right away walked to the middle and they started banging it out. The fact that both of them know how that first fight went, and I'm sure they both were on the couch for freaking months afterward. They were <laughs> like, all right, we know where we're getting ourselves into, so we didn't need to get into it in the first round. We'll start second, third, fourth, fifth round. Uh, but I think I'm going to go with – I think I'm going to go with Dustin here, honestly, because mm -hmm. I just think he always figures it out. He always figures out a way. Even when he gets rocked or he doesn't get rocked or you're thinking that, all right, he's, he's folding or he's starting to break a little bit, he always comes back. He always comes back. And – you know, we look back and we see they both had the same type of resume, right? They both, after their fights, they both lost to Oliveira, they both lost to Khabib, and they both beat Chandler. And I think that Dustin looked better against Chandler. He finished Chandler, and uh, Justin went to decision with him. And even with the Khabib fight and uh, the Oliveira fight, Dustin still looked kind of better against both those guys. Justin still had his moments, right? He almost finished Oliveira, but I just think that Dustin figures it out more than Justin. Cody, are you going with the diamond as well, or do you see any value on the dog Gaethje in the spot? So, I mean, I think the real betting value for this, as Bilal kind of alluded to, is that I think it goes a distance. Like everything in me tells me that, you know, these guys are finishers. They're both attacking. They're both marauders. But I just think the fight IQ is so high that it's going to be a decision. It's going to be a five round war. And I got to fade Bilal here because I think that, you know, I, maybe I'm talking to Kenny Florian too much. He picked Justin Gaethje on our show as well. And I was texting him today about this fight. I just think, as you said, Justin's growth from that sec, that, from that first fight has been exponential. You know, he's, Hardly got hit again in the Fiziev fight. He's not 
going into car crashes the way they used to. And Dustin's greatest skill, in my opinion, is that he stays calm in the fire. You know, he is very much able to see clearly through the car crash. And that's what he does. He takes advantage of people. He swarms people at the right time. And he's able to take a lot of damage against the cage when somebody's doing that against him. But I think Gaethje's going to come out there and fight smarter, not harder. And I think he gets to win. And, you know, on the note of the leg kicks, it, there's just no wind up at all with Justin's leg kicks. You know, he seemingly throws them without even thinking they're like instinct. So I think that is going to be a huge factor. Uh, you know, maybe he can take one of those wheels of Dustin out and kill some of that distance management. So uh, I think Justin's going to win a decision here, but you know, if it, for me as a fan, I want to bet on the over bet on going the distance because I don't want either guys to lose. It's a monumental fight for both of them in their careers. Justin's been talking about retirement. Mm -hmm. Dustin, obviously he's always wanted to get that undisputed belt, but you know, Makachev sits in the seat right now. It's, it's huge. It's a huge fight for both of them. So I'm excited and, you know, more excited to see Bilal be there cage side. You know, my brother John has said at some point he'd like to see someone defend the BMF belt. Um, it's well documented that Dustin Poirier Ooh. thinks a lot more highly of his interim belt than Justin Gaethje thinks of his. Go ahead, Cody. Well, I'll tell you, I think dream dream scenario. If I'm the UFC, right? If I'm Dana, what I hope happens is Justin wins. Jorge puts the belt on him and then they face off and they fight in six months or whatever it is. Jorge comes back and he says, okay, like let's fight for the BMF belt at 170." And Justin's like, fuck it. I'll do that too. That, that to me is the ideal scenario promotionally. If I'm, if they, if they were WWE, that's what would happen. It works for me. So before we get out of here next week, remember the show hopefully will be live from Nashville because Bully B and I will both be there. But before we get out of here, Bully B, as I represent, remember I'd the rather. name. So I believe you can get this stuff at millions.co. Yeah, yeah, tell, tell the folks how they can get this. I need a new one. <laughs> My brother. Yeah, now we're, we're connected with millions.co. High quality stuff. Uh, I think it's going to come a lot faster than my other stuff. So it's cool to have somebody that I'm working with now that's going to be just pushing it out where I don't have to do none of the work. Uh, so I'm excited for it. All the fans out there that have been buying, appreciate all you guys. All the new ones that want to support, appreciate you guys as well. Get that gear before he becomes champion. And then you can get the championship gear, you know, that gold fight kit or whatever you want <laughs> after. Anyway, so we'll see you next Thursday night. And remember the show. We appreciate you being with us a little early tonight. For Cody Merrow and Bilal Muhammad, my name is Jason Anik. Enjoy UFC 291. We'll see you next week. Have a good night. Later. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. -ba -ba.